quick programming note. We've kept up with the weekly release schedule since the pandemic started, even though the movie format actually takes more time to prep and get people together for. That was because at the start of all this, I needed something to do. But now I've got a new virtual job, and it's getting harder to keep up. So I'm not going to release every Monday going forward. I'm still going to keep making new episodes. I'm just going to slow down a little. Stay subscribed to the feed to get notified when a new episode drops. Thanks. Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic consequences. I'm your host, Maddox Campbell. Joining me today, we have Paul JP. Hello. And Kat Letwin. Hi. And the movie we're breaking down this time is Wishmaster, yeah. a Wes Craven horror film that is, <laughs> a, it's a ride. It's a ride, folks. <laughs> it is. Uh, it- it is a strapping kind of thrill ride. I mean, do not uh, attempt if like you're pregnant or nursing. Um, shouldn't, shouldn't. They should have had that warning on there, and they didn't. They really, sh- yeah, no, exactly. It's you know, just like the rock and roller coaster in Disney World. Uh, you know, you just got to watch out for your health before you get in there. All right, so Kat, how are you going to start? What is your, uh, what was your experience with this film before I told you to watch it for this? Um, I had never uh, watched it before. I'd actually never even heard of it before. So I, uh, I was thrilled that it was brought into my life uh, by that Facebook message you sent saying, "Do you want to talk about Wishmaster?" And of course, I said yes. I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but yes, of course I do. I'm going to figure <laughs> out what this is later. But for now, I agree to the terms and conditions. Anyway, this is also clearly why the government has so much of my information i just I <laughs> reading, you know you agree to things lightly yes oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh my life um so yeah i had um uh no no prior experience uh so yeah applying for the job i just lied about my master's degree um i would have let you do it anyway it's fine <laughs> Yeah, you didn't have to lie about the master. I have 20 years irrelevant of experience with Python and C++. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, so it was, can I, can I just say, it was a goddamn joy to experience it for the first time. I, I am so happy that I, I know about it now. Uh, it feels close to me in a way few friends are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, let's see about how our friend feels about it. Paul, how about you? Um, so... In terms of my experience with the movie, I had seen it before once, um, but I, a really long time ago, like maybe 15 years ago or something, uh, right as I was uh, in, yeah, in high school, something like that. It I hadn't seen it in a very long time. I'd forgotten almost everything about it. I kind of remembered like the inside, the opal scene where everything is like red and like terribly it was shot. a series of tubes um, yeah yeah, yeah it was just it running was around in a play like, place exactly that's exactly that somebody had put some like blankets on and turned on a smoke machine and yeah. left it on a little bit too long um so it was wonderful to come back to it <laughs> oh my god i think it might be my new favorite movie right um, <laughs> right it, well, it, it it might be, and the only reason that it might be, the only reason that it is even up for debate at this point, 
is that I did last night also watch Wishmaster 2. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did some extracurricular activities. I did do a little bit of extra homework. And my plan for when we're done recording this is that I do have copies ready to go of Wishmasters 3 and 4. So the pandemic, so, the pandemic has been really good for your mental health, is what you're saying. <laughs> you know, I just it's I really want the ability to just sort of wish my way out of this, mm. and I, <laughs> you know, it would cost you your soul if you want to make these wishes. Uh... Wishes. Uh... <laughs> the way Hi. this man talks is <laughs> it's it's honey in my ears. <laughs> I could listen. <laughs> I could listen to the Wishmaster. Oh yeah, just be a prick to everybody. Do you for think there's? Hours. Do you think there's like Wishmaster ASMR out there somewhere? Oh God, I hope so. There should, should be. I mean, I'm sure you got to get that same actor. Get him to do, get a recording. Yeah, he's not, not working. Like I'm. <laughs> he's not doing anything else. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, and he came back for the second one. Oh. Which made me very happy, but I'm given to understand. He's not in the third or fourth one, so I'm, I think, and so much of my enjoyment of, of these first two movies was from that guy and his voice, so I don't know how much I'm going to enjoy these other ones, but... Yeah, we'll see if maybe it falls off by three. I had not seen Wishmaster either. I had just, a lot of people had suggested it once they heard that I was doing a sort of a movie review spree of things that had wishes in them a lot, and... To fair, lots of wishes in it. It has the most number of wishes in a single film out of any of the ones we've watched so far. Yeah, what's the, the uh, what's the wish per capita count on this one, Maddox? Ooh, let's, I, I did write down every single one that was wished. So let me see if I can count them off. I got one, two, oh uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That's a lot of wishes, baby. I think. Yeah, I think I think it's up to sixteen wishes appear on screen and get granted. Wow, so that's, that, wow. that's a lot over a feature film length time spree. And there's at least one off screen wish because we know that the the Sultan or King at the start there, he's on wish two when he wishes for the dumbest wish you could ever wish towards an evil genie, which is show me wonders. Yeah. Just give him a blank check to do with whatever he Show wants. You know what? In all fairness, though, I really agree with the way the djinn, and may I say, I was so thrilled um, at the beginning of the movie when it was explaining the provenance of djinn that it was spelled D-J-I-N-N, because uh, uh, recently when I was playing a game of Bananagrams, I used djinn spelled that way <laughs> and won the game. And I, it just, it really, I don't know. It just, it, it gave me such a bolster of like understanding and confidence. Um, Validated your spelling. But I I completely agree with the djinn in that a man's skeleton coming out of his body to then just gently (laughs) hug a man is a wonder. I was trying to, yeah, we were looking at that and it's like, wait, so did he turn the man's man into just his skeleton like did he or did he make a separate entity that is the skeleton that then came out of the man like it becomes really confusing about what exactly he did to that right guy. well i th- i think it's it's quite clear that he imbued uh, a separate consciousness into the skeleton and so the skeleton awoke to find itself in like a meat prison and was you know just doing what i think any of us would do in a similar situation which is Break your way out of there and give somebody a hug. You're right. You're right, Paul. That was made abundantly clear. Yeah, <laughs> it was very clear. Uh, okay, I guess so. <laughs> I okay. So, yeah. So, the, talking about the providence at the start, 
I was watching that too because I had, you know, I knew I was doing some things on Wishes. I looked up uh, Jin kind of recently because I was also doing Aladdin. And I wanted to make sure I, I had my lore straight. Mm. The first title card is all pretty much exactly right. You know, it's like, okay, they made uh, angels, they made humans, and there's a third thing that's between angels and humans that is Jin. And then the second title card comes up, and I'm like, oh, none of that's right. That's just the stuff they're making up for this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's all wild. Yeah, so the first yeah. card was the research that they did, and the second card was what Wes Craven remembered before he started making this movie. <laughs> And when yeah. he did his actual research, he was like, no, I don't, I already came up with the idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not changing well, it. Well, it was like, it's like a self-insert so, fan fiction, right? Like, it doesn't really necessarily yeah. matter what the canon is. Uh, your idea takes precedence over the logic and lore that's already been set up because as the author, you know really what's up. Yeah, he's just like, okay, I know the real rules would not let me just have him cast 19 wishes in a single spell uh film but i'm going to change the rules so he just can cast wishes whenever he wants and he just runs around finding different people to cast wishes well he's on. a consummate showman he does like mm-hmm. to show off and he yeah no so many of the wishes are very unnecessary and the consequences are very undeserved oh but that's part of what makes it so beautiful and so special and so very much definitely in my top five movies of all time now yeah okay <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's pick out our favorites then. So, Kat, what is your favorite wish and <laughs> consequence granting oh, okay, in this okay. film? Can you pick your favorite oh, baby? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to pick one. Um, okay. Well, I'm, I might have to come up with a second favorite if you choose <laughs> mine because there's de- I have a very clear favorite. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I think what I like about uh, the wish I'm about to just uh, go fist deep into is um, the setup of it, <laughs> which is just so obvious and plain and, and like just so shoehorned in. Um, so when uh, he's wearing, he's wearing the dead man's face and he's in the police precinct and he's talking to, oh God, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's talking to the police officer and the guy just out of nowhere, like looks over at some random dude who's getting processed. He's like, <laughs> man, you know, what i wish for that guy <laughs> i just i could have no, took him down me. you know dead to well, rights i have to really and then Jeremy, i really have to twist someone's arm to get them to say wish in front of me but you're just doing it yes. yeah <laughs> that is a wishes that i can give you mm. um and just him being like oh it's dead and the look on the guy's face who's getting processed as he suddenly just like picks up the gun and starts shooting wildly <laughs> it's like he's wearing a <laughs> he's like why am i doing this And it's so unnecessary. Everything about that scene is, it's not needed in the least. And that's part of why I love it so very much. It was just an excuse to get that guy to go on a rampage. Like he tears a guy's jaw off. Was that part of the wish? (laughs) That he suddenly has the strength to tear a man's jaw right from his skull? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like if you can give a skeleton consciousness and it's a compound wish and you don't need to say it, then I guess, yes, following this sort of logic. (laughs) And then, then... Oh, my sweet friends, then the number of shots that police officer fires at the guy, it's like 29, (laughs) I think, uh, to take him down. Um, And the look (laughs) on both of their faces, just this pure horror, like, and I think part of it was the actors doing a good job of being in character, being like, what the fuck is going on? But then also the actors being actors (laughs) being like, what the fuck is going on? 
<laughs> yeah, what, what did I get hired to do? Uh, yeah, what what, uh, like just like I, you know, either they love or they hate their agent at that moment. Um, so I, I to me, oh, that's... Yeah, that guy was probably in that guy was probably in like the special effects department for a while, just being like. So is, is that enough squibs? No, we're, we're going to put some more squibs. Yeah, on it's you. just like Wes Craven, <laughs> like off screen, being like, "Of course, it's not enough squibs." Like anytime you're asking it's, him if it's, it's enough, enough, it's like squibs. take that number and then put an exponent by it, and then then maybe yeah. you're getting close. Oh boy, yeah, no, that's that's a good wish. That's a good one. That was a that was a fun one. Was that the one you were worried about, Paul? That that was not. Um, I, and I mean that one is is really excellent. Um, but about that, like, like the guy getting his jaw ripped off and wanting more squibs and having all this crazy stuff, like the skeleton coming out of the guy at the beginning of the movie, I remember thinking like, that's a really awesome yeah. effect. Like I was expecting a, a lot and don't get me wrong. We got a lot of terrible CGI, but I was expecting way more from, you know, a late nineties horror movie. That's and a really I, good point. I actually had the same thought. And part of why, like I was so into the movie, like within that first sequence is I realized like how tactile, um, all of those effects were going to be. Uh, and it's part of why, yeah. like, I love, um, eighties horror movies and gore movies is because there's something so satisfying about knowing the blood was actually on set that, uh, someone built these like puppets um of horror and the fact that the actors can like really interact with them there's um as an audience member there's the sense that you can touch it yourself uh, and it uh you know it skirts around oh, yeah. the uncanny valley in that way and uh, to me like i i literally sat back in my seat and just went oh baby when the skeleton came out. <laughs> <laughs> like by myself to no one in my apartment <laughs> Oh, it's it's great. And I I had a suspicion because there's a scene that happens at a pharmacy mm-hmm. later where um, a guy is like dying of cancer in like 10 seconds. He yeah, gets, he gets all of cancer in about 10 seconds. I don't think cancer looks like well, that. Well, in 10 but... seconds it might. Oh, no, <laughs> it does. Um, but so there as this pharmacist is, is dying on the ground of turbo cancer, <laughs> um, a bunch of people trying to help him. And the one guy trying to render primary aid is like a blink and you'll miss it cameo from Tom Savini. What? Um, and so I, yeah, it's Tom Savini trying to help out this pharmacist. And so I, I suspected that, Oh, maybe Tom Savini did like the special effects and the makeup on this. And I went and I looked it up after the fact and I realized, no, it wasn't him. <laughs> It was just that the director of this movie is Robert Kurtzman, who is also like a special effects makeup wizard. And so Tom Savini probably just cameoed in it. Um, just for his friend? For, yeah, just for shits. Because like... Give him a paycheck, get him on set. Him. Him. But so there's there's so many of these, these cameos from you know, horror legends, like that narrator at the beginning talking about... Jin is uh, Angus Scrim from Phantasm. And like in the opening credits, we get, uh, you know, Robert Englund is in this movie. Tony Todd is in this movie. Kane Hodder is in this movie. Sam Raimi. And they're all in it for... Uh, Ted Raimi. Sorry, not Ted, Sam. Ted oh my God, sorry. Certainly Ted Raimi who gets crushed. The internet's going to um, attack me. <laughs> we can, we can yeah, cut that out do. in post. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I saw Ted Raimi and I'm like, he's going to die yes. any second now. Like. Oh, and it was beautiful. That was uh, just what a gorgeous, gorgeous, like, um, that was the second time, I think, in, in that short period, like, because that's still near the beginning of the movie where I sat back in my chair and just like exclaimed joyously. Um. 
Well, he gets crushed because uh, Mickey Torelli is drinking oh, on okay. the job. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Joxer dies because there's a longshoreman who is drinking on the job. So this is hitting all of my hits. You have to understand this. <laughs> <laughs> and and it didn't. I, of course, didn't notice it at the time, but the guy who plays Mickey Torelli, that's another horror movie cameo because uh, the actor who played Mickey Torelli was like, uh, had this huge role in Day of the Dead in in eighty five or something, uh, so it's every single ancillary role, all these tiny little bits. I think it's just people that Wes Craven was able to rope in and say like, let's make this whole like thing they were a they were all at the same party the like maybe two weeks before shooting, <laughs> yeah. and he was just like, hey, you guys, and then the, and then they probably had a good cast party. Yeah, we didn't we didn't bother to hire any extras. For that. <laughs> Maybe he left it to the last minute. I mean, we've all produced shows before. And you know, like we're suddenly like, oh mm. shit, I hey Hugh, are you free? Just like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Get on stage now. Uh. Okay. I think my favorite wish, because it is so unnecessarily roundabout, is the one where the guy wishes for a million dollars. Yeah, so that that was the one that I was going to say. Oh, that's um, the one you were going to say? Oh, it's so good. Please, you know, my please son continue. is very yeah, successful. Just, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my word. Because <laughs> it, it, it takes you a half second because you're just like, ah, I just want a million dollars. And it's smash cut to some old lady filling, filling out, out her life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one has to do that, A, to get and on then, an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it still seems to set up like this is all going to happen like immediately. Like she's going to rush to an insurance salesman. She's then going to rush onto a plane with nowhere to go. And then the entire plane is going to explode <laughs> on takeoff. Look, look. Killing hundreds of other people. <laughs> look, she's filling out her life insurance policy because by the heady year of 1997, we still hadn't figured no. out planes yet. <laughs> so you had to back in those days you had to sign your insurance and just yeah. in case and hey look what happened that plane like blew the hell up yeah we saw the true. same thing happen in final destination not a couple so, of years later and insurance will still cover it because jinn are not an active god because they're between right exactly. they're between so you really see how big insurance has its claws in the movie industry like uh just for these examples like it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> obvious <laughs> It, it, it kind of just sets up that like the Jin has so much freedom with how he grants wishes that he could basically oh, he do whatever he wants. Like I am sure that if I ran into the the Jin, I would die immediately because he would ask for literally anything, and it would be something impossible that I couldn't do for him. So I'd, I'd be like, nah, "Wish I could help you, but sorry," and he'd be like, "Wish granted," and then whatever he wanted, <laughs> and my soul. Because he doesn't seem to have to tell you that he's taking your soul. He just, no, no. You um, happen to have said, I want a wish near him, and he we'll overhears see, it. Well, see, and that's the same reason that I think I'd be okay, is because I'm I'm so <laughs> spineless that, you know, even if I'm a guest in a friend's house, and, you know, somebody else there asks me, hey, can I get you anything? You want a water? I was like, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just going to sit here quietly <laughs> in the corner. Please don't Oh, that's don't right. Yeah, that is your party you. voice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's good. I gotta warm it up before I uh, before I go out anywhere, just so it, just I, so everybody knows that I am deferring to all the alpha party guests. Yeah, yeah. No, we have to stop inviting you to all our werewolf parties. Where like that is the first thing you have to do is de- either deference or assert dominance. Um, 
weird parties. Yeah, the first thing you have to do when you go to any party is find the biggest person there and punch <laughs> them right in the face, right? That's how you party. Yeah, I think I think I've read that's how you you establish dominance at a dominance party. Dominance at a party? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh nothing. I'm just, uh, I was just remembering also all the jail parties too that we've uh, all been to. Um Oh, a cat you are going to love Wishmaster too if you like jail parties. Yep. You set him up for a, a transition. So, Paul, go ahead. Tell tell us a little bit about what yes. happens in Wishmaster 2. Holy shit. Wishmaster 2, uh, colon, evil never dies. Is, um, it, so the, the Wishmaster uh, at the end of Wishmaster 1, spoiler alert, is, is trapped back in the statue, right? He's in the gem, which is trapped back in the statue. Um. And in Wishmaster 2, we open uh, during an art gallery robbery. <laughs> so I guess Robert Englund's character, Beaumont, uh, all of his uh, stuff, all of his uh, precious art that was coming to life and killing everybody at the end of the first movie is now in an art gallery. And um, during a shootout in the gallery, <laughs> which is incredible because they're just they're just damaging mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no care taken to protect any of the art the statue gets shot the gem falls out one of the thieves takes the gem awakens the djinn and the plot is changed here because instead of like four wishes to get all his power back and then three wishes to the person that awoke the djinn in this one, suddenly, instead of uh, four souls, he needs 1,001 oh, souls. okay. <laughs> what? What an escalation. Yeah, so, so what Does this have to do with, like, the, like um, is, is... 1,001 nights, like Scheherazade? Because that's also where I first heard the term jinn. I don't know, maybe? Yeah. I, I imagine that's Great. where they got the number. Uh, they don't make reference to. I mean, I'm surprised that a movie like that, that starts with an art gallery heist isn't more literary. But continue. <laughs> well, so um, the the main the protagonist of the film uh, shoots and kills a security guard because mm-hmm. that's what good people do. The the Jin who awakens and still has like the face of Nathaniel Demarest from the first one. Um, that wonderful, creepy face um he takes the fall he he confesses to the murder of the security guard he confesses to the the to like the does heist. the thief wish for that or does he just do no it? he just does it um ostensibly so a the person who awoke him doesn't go to jail oh okay and B, so that he can go to jail and then start gathering souls <laughs> from all of these desperate people yep. who are I in prison. Plan, actually, and it's a, it's so so funny all of the prison antics that he gets up to because this one is clearly like they lean into the silliness of it a bit more. Wes Craven was not involved <laughs> at this point. It was pretty silly in the first one, to be honest. It's, it was, it's it was pretty silly, but this one, they, they just, they dial it up so hard. He's actively referring to himself as the Wishmaster. Does he look right. at the um, camera every single time he says Wishmaster to acknowledge him saying the title of the movie? Not, not every single time, but there is one where some guy phrases something as a wish and the Wishmaster turns, looks full bore down the camera, as in like, oh... You oh all know what's about God. to happen. Oh, <laughs> this, this has brought me so much joy. <laughs> Great. You rascal. It's really, really a lot of fun, Wishmaster 2. I, 
I think everybody should watch Wishmaster. I think everybody should watch Wishmaster too. I'm <laughs> gonna watch the third and fourth one, and I'll get back to you. We'll add like a tag <laughs> onto the end of this episode of my review. Yeah, I can put that in the post. I guess just here's what Paul said about the last. Paul the third died while <laughs> watching Wishmaster Four. <laughs> Paul died. <laughs> Turns out those ones are not good. They are. He had an allergic reaction to the third and fourth films, and uh, there was nothing we could do. Yeah, it was on him for wishing they were better. <laughs> Wait, what? No! Wish granted. But it wouldn't uh, be that voice, because as you said, it's a new actor, so it would be like, oh, wish granted. I don't know. I don't know why I think Goofy is playing the Wishmaster. <laughs> well, hang on a second. Why, yeah, why is Goofy? Well, he wanted, to stay, away from, goofy? He wanted to stay away from Disney, <laughs> like right now. Oh, uh, well, yeah, he was, tra- he was trying to take on some more adult <laughs> roles, like Elizabeth Berkeley, and it, <laughs> Just completely backfired. I I really feel like okay. Let's talk about the design of the Wishmaster a little bit. Yes, I yes. feel like he's pulling off one yeah. really strong Palpatine vibes the entire time, walking around a cloak, the contacts, and whispers. And two, yeah, and two, he looks way more like an alien. Yeah, than he does, I got some like I got some like kind of Geiger vibes mythical. from him. Yeah, I can see that. And he had like well, he had like tentacles coming out of the back of his head. He he showed up as like a Martian baby, played by Vern Troyer. Yeah, there's something almost xenomorphic about that. Yeah, there were also yeah to to say xenomorph specifically, a lot of his wishes ended with Bless something bursting out of someone's chest. Like it wasn't just the skeleton. There was also like um, one guy just like sort of barfed out a, mon- yeah, like a monster. Yeah, Robert England was the one who was barfing out the monster that was to it. It was just like yeah, grab onto Alexander yeah, yeah. Anderson. Which by the right. way. Um, once they said her full name, the first thing I thought Great of was like name. Alexandra Amberson. Her name is Alexandra Amberson. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that now, uh, I mean, Wishmaster the musical is now mm-hmm. all. I've once ever Broadway wanted. is back, baby. <laughs> uh, I think I think we know what to option. Like, how much would the rights cost for this movie? Like twenty bucks? Like thirty bucks? <laughs> The rights can't be much. Because yeah. again, n- none of us had really heard much about this going in. Like yeah. this has become a sleeper hit for sure. I think I think the most recent one, Wishmaster Four, was in like two thousand and two. That is so recent for something that I have not like heard heard well, so, of. Well, the, well, so the first one was ninety seven and then the second one was I wanna say ninety nine. So they made four movies in the space of about five years, and then I don't think they've made mm. any more. Yeah, it is like horror movies that normally like if they got four movies out of it, you'd think that would be something that like would come up more in conversation of like, oh, yeah, you know, that horror movie Wishmaster. We all talk about Wishmaster, but like it never gets referenced like a Freddy or a Jason or a. Yeah, it never became like a legacy series. Well, I I don't think we can all pretend to be surprised about that. <laughs> How dare you say something so true and yet so I feel brave. like someone should have told their friends, like, hey, this is this one's a wild ride. Yeah. And, you know, you think of the great pantheon of horror villains. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, the Wishmaster. <laughs> okay, well, be clear. Leprechaun is also in the pantheon of ones that, like, everyone knows about, even if you haven't seen mm-hmm. it. You know that there is a Leprechaun monster. Yeah, and, I mean, you know that there is a leprechaun, but who has actually seen any of the, even the first one? I'm. You're right. I've only seen clips, uh, like on YouTube. I think it. it was Leprechaun. Was it like back in the hood? Back to the hood. I'm so oh, sorry. Back to the hood, because that that's it, with with the letter two, because that's the second mm-hmm. one where he's in the hood. But not the second film overall. He does not start. In, to be clear, he does not start in the hood. No, he doesn't start in the hood. Leprechaun Five is Leprechaun in the hood, and then Leprechaun Six is Leprechaun back to the hood. 
which means it's making like a sub sequel. It's a sequel to a internal sequel. Yeah, which you know, it's weird that he goes to the hood after going to space. And why is that weird? (laughs) Normally, space is the final escalation. Well, you know, and if I think of places that I've been, I've I've been to the hood. I've never Mm -hmm. been to space. It just—it's like it's like the path, right? Like you have to backtrack from space to get back to the hood. Yeah. So if if you had planned it in advance, you would go through the hood to get to space. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's that's the order I would do it. Or like it would make sense if he went to the hood and then he went to space and then he decided and then like, went well, back to the hood. Back to the hood is going back from space. But isn't space. that what we're saying yeah, in the like way that way it's a, the sub-sequel, like just, you know, out. going through it chronologically? It sounds like that's exactly what the leprechaun did. Look, look, we're not here to talk about leprechaun, though. That, no. was, that was another episode of this podcast. That was another episode. You can hear my full <laughs> review of leprechaun earlier, uh, which I did enjoy. It was bad and I did enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> so it's in the i i again I, yeah i don't think this is like a good 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 film i think this is a fun ride i think it's a great 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 film you can say that i'm not going I, to and i did maddox what <laughs> what other movie have you seen where somebody wishes for a million dollars and then their mom <laughs> blows up again so i just i fixate not on, a latin my, my whole thing is magic wishes guys this is like my whole brand right now. Yeah. And so I fixate on like the fairness of the evil cost. And it seems unfair to kill his mom because he made a wish. He got right? a million dollars. Yeah. But like, should like, okay, crush him with a million dollars. Didn't even get to spend it too. Give him a million dollars in pennies taken. and then just crush him. That's how I do it. Why is that more fair than blowing up his mom? Because he made the wish. So he gets the consequence. Yeah. But he's and like a not... hundred other people died on that plane. Yeah, that pilot was probably a good pilot. You don't know that. He might have also been drinking. Been drinking that day. Yeah. Can I just say at the end of the movie when um when the the drunk longshoreman when Alexandra Amberson makes the wish <laughs> um for the for that guy not to be to not be drinking on the job that yeah. day. Honestly, I I can't say it's my favorite part of the movie, but it's a very close second. Was when um. Uh, like Ra- or like uh, 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 Ted Raimi when Joxer is uh, saying like, "Hey, be more careful with that. Like, move it over here." And he's just like, "Okay, I will." <laughs> and, <laughs> and everything is fine. Just really overemphasizing that he is not he's, drunk currently. He is not drunk. Yeah, he's, he's which, got so much energy. <laughs> which again, if, if you're trying to twist thrilled. it, if you're trying to twist it, okay, he's not drunk, but he could have still been high. He could have still been tired. He could have still just been bad at his job. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's actually, I can't believe the gin didn't think of that. Gin didn't think of it. Because she didn't say, I wish he was sober that day. Nope. Look, do you know, you, but we all know why the gin didn't think of it. Is because what? when it came down to a battle of wits between Alexandra and the gin, only one of them was able to draw upon their skills as a basketball coach. Right. And the to, power of stillness. The power of stillness to really go into her head and figure out the smartest way to defeat a thousands year old demon. Not a demon. Well, you're right. Yeah. Not everyone between, can be a girl's basketball coach. Humans it's and, and it's established in the second one that he is a demon. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. Throw out your lore. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because he's like one of the other characters and it is a priest Okay. He's invoking Jesus and God. 
gets crucified at the end of the movie. It's pretty rad. Wait, and that works? Like the jinn gives a shit about Jesus and God? No, no, very pointedly. Because, oh, okay, good. Because quote unquote, you're thinking of the wrong demon. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably just him doing some wordplay then. He he is very glib. He is glib. <laughs> okay. Also, speaking of his glibbery, um, when progressively is that, is that throughout what the, movie... the tentacles on the back of his head, glibbery. <laughs> yes, his glibbery. Glibberies. His glistening glibbery. Oh, I hate that sentence, but so I'm glad they're I said so it. wet. He was okay. very wet and drippy for the first like half of the movie. He there was um like a it was like the he looked like the word sluice. <laughs> sluice. <laughs> Is that a word? Yes, Lewis. Okay. S-L-U-I-C-E. Remember how I was super into Bananagrams? It's true, yeah. Just trust me on this. I'm not going to challenge you to Bananagrams. You're going to get me. That's right. (laughs) First mistake. Um, So, uh, it's it's glistening glibbery. Um, When progressively through the movie, uh, one of my favorite things, especially in late 90s movies, early 2000s movies, is when... um, you know, ancient uh, you know, demons or creatures or wizards from um, olden days start adopting um, modern day slang. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And he starts saying things like, well, looks like shit has really hit the fan. <laughs> I, did, and I'm like, I did note that one of like, how do you know what a fan is? And why would you think shit hits the fan is an expression? Like how, Look, I think- where did you pick that up? I think it is clear to anybody who looks at a fan that if you got shit in that, it would be a really bad thing. But so what are you saying is that he's the originator of that specific expression and then he's, just He's been has, around for a long time. But I but guess, I guess fans have. Fans in a more general sense have so could have been like one of those hand fans and someone just threw shit at it. What I think is that the fan was invented because somebody you know, it was too hot, somebody wanted to cool down. And they wished for a way to be cool. And then he brought the fan. And then sort of the ironic twist was that he put a bunch of shit in it. And it got oh. shit everywhere. So someone was just like, man, I wish I had a device for moving air over my body in a way to cool me. And then wish granted. And then. <laughs> yeah, and, that's exactly. and, and then, then afterward, he was like, mm, not my best work. <laughs> not, not the most creative. But I just. Because really, you could just throw a bunch of shit onto any wish, and it makes it worse. That was kind of something that I did in the 1500s, <laughs> because so much of it was around. It was truly my personal dark age. That's what happens when you, you grant a wish at like 4.45 uh, on a Friday. You're like, I don't know, shit on it. TGIF, am I right? All right, get out of here. And now it's just a montage of all his shit, literally shittiest wishes set to the tragically hips my music at work. Like, this is... <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, th- let's see if that's one of the later ones. It's just him in an office in a cubicle granting wishes o- online or something. <laughs> Telemarketer wishing, how can I help you out today? And then he grants the wish over the internet and uh, over the phone. And he could charge his crystal real fast. Do you think that's what the that company way. Wish is? Like the all the ads on Facebook for Wish? Oh. Those are way too specific of items that they try to sell you for them not to be created by an evil gin. I think... Absolutely, yeah. Many have figured it out. Guys, I, I think we're onto something. And I'm worried about this po- podcast being published now because I think the wrong people are going to hear it and they're going to know that uh, we know something we're not supposed to. Um. Hmm, well... It's too late. You can't you can't edit podcasts and you also can't 
not release them. So damn it, I forgot the two rules of podcasting. The two Shit. rules of podcasting. We, oh, no. we can do neither of those things. So I guess I guess the big gin is coming after us. Yeah, you know what? I've had a fine life. Eh, if this if this is it, then eh, it could have been worse. Just remember when the gin comes to wish that less people had been drinking alcohol before going to work. It's apparently their one weakness. Uh, I guess I already told mine how I think the gin would get me. How do you guys think the gin would get you if you got got by a gin? I feel like mine would be, it would just be so off the cuff. I, I'm rather the opposite of Paul. Like Paul earlier, you said you're the kind of person you, you know, someone offers you like a drink at a party. You're just like, no, no, I'll be fine. See, not me. I I roll in quite a bit of just uh, arrogance and, uh, (laughs) you know, a lot. I, 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 you know, I really, I really take up space in a room with both my, the volume of my voice and my personality and how important I think I am. So I feel like it would just be me, like a one-off, like, oh man, I wish I wasn't so hot today. And then suddenly nuclear winter. Right. Like, I don't think it would be all that interesting. I wouldn't even really want the thing that I was wishing for. I'm just so used <laughs> to asking for things. You're that, just making um, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you know, it's like, you know what? I would really like an ice cream right now. And how how could that be interpreted? Like the person that I'm with, like I just hear wish granted. And I'd be like, what? And then I'd turn around and then like my friend would slowly be morphing into an ice cream in that like slow, beautifully horrifying way. And like their lungs are slowly turning into dairy. So their screaming gets all garbled and like their eyes start melting into the rest of their face as it like uh, turns into a delicious twist swirl. Um, All right. So now I have have a very important follow up question. Your friend Hmm. has just been turned into ice cream. They're dead. You know, they're dead. They can't move anymore. They've stopped moving, but they've turned into ice cream. Do you eat it? Well, I mean, if it's the size of a person, I couldn't eat the whole thing. But do you like give it a taste like it was your friend, but also they're already dead. So it is a lot of ice cream. I think it would be like that bit in The Simpsons where Homer's tearfully eating pinchy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the exact right pull. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, so, Paul? How, how do you think the gin's going to get you? Oh, boy. Um, see, the thing is, whenever I think about what I would wish for if given the chance to just have a wish granted, I'm that kind of piece of shit where I would just wish for omnipotence. But on the other hand, I do occasionally catch myself remembering embarrassing things I did when I was younger. And then just muttering to myself under my breath, I wish I was fucking dead. And I think that's how the gin would get me. I mean, that's kind of like, I think he would be really disappointed. He just, like, no, I, like, he yeah, come have, on. He, he wouldn't show kill me you. my yearbook. He certainly wouldn't kill you. I think it would be suddenly you were like, I, like, let's get really dark and disgusting here. Like, you wish you were fucking dead. You'd be fucking a corpse suddenly. That uh, does remind me of my favorite wish from Wishmaster 2. But. Oh, no. It's not. It nobody fucks a corpse. Okay, good. Well, then why did I you was just thinking, like, if you wish, if you wished you were dead, and like he's trying to find a way to kill you with your wish, he'd be just so disappointed that he didn't get to be creative. You'd just and see him like take like a really deep sigh and like fill a gun with bullets really slowly. Oh, and, be like, and do you think the wishmaster would then wish he got more creative? But then <laughs> now he's at the mercy of his own ironic wishes. Maybe there, well, then maybe if there's another gin around. There's not only one gin. So if another gin goes, I was like, oh, now I got you. And it's a whole game of gin tag where they try to get each other. Right. And he's just like, well, God damn it, Gary. 
Well, Maddox, that's the thing is the Wishmaster is is I think the only gin on this plane. All of the other gin are trapped behind a really bad layer of CGI. <laughs> right. Mm, that's that true. Sort of threatens to come through the wall a little bit. And it's, I mean, it's just one of them sort of pushing through the wall because they don't have the budget to do that shot twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair they enough. They wish they had the budget. At best, hey. yeah. Oh, that's, that's as good a place to end this discussion as anywhere. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Paul. Thank you so much for Kat for joining me and to everyone listening. We'll we'll have another wish soon. Uh, And another movie about wishes soon is what I meant. Don't get me, Jin. Don't get me. (laughs) Wish granted. Well, that's what we came up with, but we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at Pod. Email breakawishpod at gmail.com. Join the Breakawish discussion group on Facebook. And you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at breakawish.ca. For more Kat Letwin, you can look her up at Letwinka on Twitter and Instagram. And you can see her in Vision TV's Late Night, a play recorded for television that you can watch online for free. For more Paul JP, you can look up the MCU Improvised, which will start up new live shows when it can, and you can find recordings of past Marvel films they've improvised on their Facebook page. This is a Kicks and Giggles Entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford, and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at thesonarnetwork.com. So, what would you wish for? has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! When you're all alone and the clock keeps ticking and you can't sleep, I'll be with you. On a Dark Cold Night is a bedtime ghost story podcast. Each week, writer and performer Kristen Zaza, that's me, creates a new fictional story for you that is frightening yet soothing to help you calm down and get to sleep. As an anthology with a cryptic, overarching throughline, each episode you spend time with your mysterious narrator, also me, and get to know her a little bit more, for better or for worse. Brought to you by the Sonar Network, On a Dark Cold Night can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit kristenzaza.com or thesonarnetwork.com for more information. Good night, my friends. On June 9th, you find yourself in an attic, wine cellar, waiting room for a clinic, trapped in an enclosed private garden, sitting in a small two-door car, completely submerged in water. The room is back. I'm Shannon LaHaye, host of Escape Capade. There's a symbol above each door. Oh, I see. I understand. Which one? one? What is this? Yeah, this one like the rock on hand? I invite two comedians to come onto my show and describe to them in great detail a room that they're trapped in. 
Dude, look, look at this wine. Dude. Perfect. That's all we need. I'm getting drunk. What's that thing where they put the food on to to make it hot? Haven't a clue. They hear it for the first time live during recording, and the rest is improvised. Can I take the wall hanging down? I'll go. Let's leave the sorry. message together. Okay. Let me uh, clean my glasses. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> So it's 6-7 so far. I'm going to try 8. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the risk of that is yet. Let's just try 8, sure. A whole new season of Escape Capade begins on June 9th. Did that make sense? What I like, I, to me it did because I'm your sister. On Sonar or wherever you get your podcasts.